Howdy. If you haven't already, make sure to follow us on all the socials. We are at History and Film on Instagram and HIF Pod on Twitter. My personal Twitter account is at TrackNerds, and you can always email me at Simmons at TrackNerds.com. Enjoy the show. So uh, I've decided that uh, from here on out, I will be in our recording sessions only using my Hell's Coming With Me wider tombstone mug just out of spite and to show solidarity. <laughs> That's that's fair. You can pour, pour one out every day for Wyatt Earp and uh <laughs> and on hey, the floor. And hey, you know <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and and fast forwarding though, I mean, I would say he deserves a spot when we if we do a tournament for American history in a few years that we could definitely uh include him again, right? Oh yeah, we could. Um unless we say anybody who's made the tournament is exempt and he's just like screwed twice. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to History and Film. I'm Rich Simmons. And I'm Logan Denning. And this week is the last of the first round matchups of our tournament for the most interesting person in the world. Yeah, so we uh, covered world history in 100-ish movies. Did we, did we ever go through and count? I roughly counted at about 119 episodes, but even then, sometimes multiple movies were mentioned in an episode, but uh, okay. I ca- by my count, it was 119 episodes for World All History. Right. So we covered World History in 100-ish, about 120-ish uh, <laughs> movies over the course of the last few years, and so now we are going through and uh, determining who, which person that we covered uh, is the most interesting. So um, the only criteria was that the person had to be mentioned in the episode, uh, or in an episode of the show, and uh, we have it split up into four regions based on time, and uh, so today is, yeah, the last matchups of the first round, and these are all in the 1900 to present bracket, the modern day bracket. And what's interesting, I just kind of noticed this this morning, is that all four people we will discuss today are from movies that bore their name. So you have Gandhi from oh, Gandhi, yeah. uh-huh. Eva Peron from Evita, T. E. Lawrence from Lawrence Arabia, and Ip Man from Ip Man. So nice. I thought that was kind of interesting and a little unique so far. Yeah. So this is, again, completely arbitrary, especially this first round. We're being super, uh, super superficial. Can you say super superficial? I kind of like that, how that flows. <laughs> Extremely superficial. And it's just kind of our knee-jerk reaction, uh, kind of just relying on some of our past research before we do kind of more of a deep dive once we get into the round of 16. So this is, uh, again, we might be wrong, you might disagree, but as Logan likes to say, hey, it's our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's our show. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so our first matchup of the day pits uh, Gandhi, the passive non-violent advocator of uh, Indian independence over Britain versus Eva Peron, the first lady of Argentina. So again, we just like to first make the impartial case for and against each. So starting with Gandhi, the case for is kind of just what we've, you know, not what everybody knows about him because we talked about back in the episode about him that a lot of people don't really know a lot about Gandhi other than the image of him. But this was a man who, through non-violent, passive resistance, ultimately was able to sway, well, first both his countrymen to follow his course of action, and then in turn get the British to be like, screw it, 
India's not worth it. We're leaving. Right. After hundreds of years of colonialism and like occupation there. Yeah, basically without without a violent uh uprising without firing a single shot, Gandhi kicks the British out of India, which I think is is crazy. Yeah, and I think well maybe then the first impulse might be like, oh well then, you know, by your multiple hat thing, then maybe he didn't cover enough uh checkbox or, you know, you checked enough things off of, you know, for variety's sake. But that's actually not the case either because Right, because he was a lawyer and stuff beforehand. He was a British lawyer, worked in South Africa and then he he was a legal kind of a advocate from being an attorney for social justice and civil rights and stuff like that before he took on the persona of Gandhi that we know from. Right. And, you know, back when he was wearing, you know, his Western suits and everything like that. And, right. And yeah. just uh, and that the whole idea of him as this impoverished, you know, guy wearing the homespun cloth and stuff, that was just, you know, a show of solidarity with the poor of India right. who, you know, couldn't afford, well, one, not necessarily couldn't afford the British clothes, but also were impoverished because India had spent so much money on foreign goods that their local goods and producers were going bankrupt. Well, and it was, there was, there were laws against it too, right? Wasn't that part of the... Well, oh no, right. They were basically forced to buy the British stuff because British, yeah. like British, yeah, Britain was uh, not surprisingly very self-interested with all of this. Right. Yeah, and one thing too that I think is cool, and this is more about the movie Gandhi than the than the person. But I was watch. I think I've shouted the, these out before. But um, Eric Singer makes videos. I think they're on the Wired YouTube channel talking about accents and stuff. And I guess in the movie Gandhi, Ben Kingsley at the beginning of the movie, where he's you know the British, basically the British lawyer in South Africa, his accent is more stereotypically British. And then as he ages and moves through his life his accent gets more stereotypically indian and that actually happened in real life which is i don't know just an interesting little side note no right and i remember you mentioning that and i think i subconsciously noticed it in the film but i remember i always had attributed it to he was just getting older but but that's my mistake i think you're it's absolutely correct that yeah it's actually it was just shifting from british to indian more than it was him actually just sounding different as he aged right yeah and again too so even that's not all again i've mentioned you know on the previous podcast where we discussed gandhi that you know i've read his autobiography and just talked about all the experiments that he would do not just with social justice but even with dietary stuff like there's a lot of stuff on like basically dietary advice and experiments he would do like oh what if i ate only this type of food for a while like he just he was just writing about a lot of stuff it has nothing yeah. to do with the political or the social stuff so he's very interested in just kind of self-improvement and and learning through trying things as opposed to just being you know hypothetical with stuff but there's also that famous story of him was it with the nurse gave him like milk or something when he was like vegan or he was going dairy free right right and mistakenly gave him something that had dairy in it and she said oh my gosh you know i you, you know you don't drink milk or whatever like that's that's so horrible he goes oh it, it's okay i still don't right right so he like isn't super hard on himself either about you know right he's kind of right he's, he's not he's not super as passionately you know as he was about his values and and you know standing up for what was right he also wasn't overly dogmatic on maybe the hows or the watts or whatever it was sure it was more about the spirit of things than the actual letter of the law he just wanted to right. do what was right and it didn't necessarily matter like oh this i don't i'm i'm vegan so i don't drink dairy and then all of a sudden someone actually gives you dairy it's like that's not like 
a big deal. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I still have the principle. The spirit is still there. And I think we definitely get attached too much on, or say with someone dealing with addiction, it's just like, oh, well, one slip up doesn't, you know, just doesn't have to do it. Actually, no, the biggest one here is probably the comparison to say New Year's resolutions, where someone does do a good job and they start off with whatever their resolution was on January 1st. And then whether it's, you know, a week, a month or half a year later, they once they slip up, they'd be like, oh, well, it's over now. And then they go back into their old habits. And whereas Gandhi be like, no, it's just keep plugging away. If you slip up, it's kind of like what you talk about, too, with meditation, where you're supposed to like, you know, if you think of you think of something while you're meditating, you just put it aside and it's OK that you got distracted. Just keep meditating. That's the same kind of thing, too, with Gandhi's like how he lived his life. It's like, OK, just keep going towards your goal if you stray from your goal that's fine just recognize you strayed from your goal and then go right back towards your goal and no judgment i I think it's kind of a neat life outlook and as i mentioned on the gandhi episode i'm a huge gandhi fan very very interesting guy and the case case against i really don't have anything i don't know how you make a case against gandhi other than again you could say well he was kind of just this one thing but just this one thing was one of the most important things in world history right yeah yeah so yeah i don't know (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I, I, even even trying to play devil's advocate, I don't I don't really know. No, right, especially when it comes from an interesting standpoint. Yeah, we we, we, you know, we we've right. talked about you could pick apart. Well, okay, he's he's definitely more you know saying South Africa more were concerned with Indian equality with the British than he was about racial equality because he doesn't necessarily seem concerned with the plights of the black South Africans. And so there's, but again, that's not a knock against him being interesting. If anything, that adds more nuance to him being interesting. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And it's, you know, the, the, oh, well, all he was was this, like, leader of this nonviolent movement that kicked the British out of India. Like, that's true, but he's also the first and only, and, like, yeah, it's it's just, it's so interesting, like, the, the big thing that he did that was, that he's known for is so important that it's... Yeah, and you talk about people who are unique compared to those around them, or we even talk about, like, well, hey, you know, Genghis Khan, who we did advance to the next round, it's like, yeah, but there's lots of conquerors. Right. There aren't lots of Gandhis. Like exactly. the the, the compare the other comps are like you know like a Martin Luther King Jr. or somebody. I was say he was not just right place right time. Right. Like, had he not been doing what he was doing, world history would be completely different. Right. Right. You're right. And I think it is a, a testament to Gandhi the man, not just necessarily. Oh well, you know there was already this movement, and he just kind of happened to you know be involved in this, and like no, it's. Like it's it's Gandhi. <laughs> no, right. That's that's a great point. We talked about with the uh, Napoleon discussion, where you know I, I mentioned Tolstoy in War and Peace talks about the whole idea of does the circumstances give rise to the individual, or is the individual individual so talented that they were going to rise no matter what? Right. Gandhi is definitely the latter. Like, for well, sure. I, and I guess he needed the cause, but like you said, just said, in the absence of Gandhi, we don't know. I mean, I still think Indian independence happens, but maybe decades later, like. And maybe violently. Right, and maybe through, like, a horribly violent civil war. Right, right. The fact that this one individual had this approach, and again, similar to the Nelson Mandela thing, but again, Nelson Mandela was inspired by Gandhi. Yeah. And, and you know, again, Martin Luther King Jr. was inspired by Gandhi. And I think there's... Exactly. It's, so those are the, the comps, but Gandhi did it bigger on a bigger scale, not to right. diminish the works of Mandela or, or King, but it was just Absolutely. it was just by numbers, a smaller scale situation compared to what Gandhi was doing on the world stage. It's fat yeah, fascinating. Of course he's assassinated and just endlessly fascinating. One I mean, definitely a a big player in this tournament. His opponent today, and again, this is probably 
today's matchups are probably foregone conclusions for Logan and I, but I still want to give their pretty opponent... Lopsided, yeah. Pretty lopsided but, matchups hey, today. <laughs> but that said, I do want to give them their fair moment in the spotlight, and these for people, sure. and, these, and, their, and these opponents today, they, Ava Perone made this tournament for a reason. She is right. a fascinating historical figure, even if she's stuck going up against Gandhi here. Right, and even... and I. Man, it's going to be hard not to, like, have a subconscious bias and, like, hamstring her because... The movie's so bad. The movie that she was in sucked. (laughs) Yeah. Because the the real story of her, it, like, I almost wish that they just didn't make that movie a musical and just made it a straight-up biopic. Well, did you get my text yesterday that I watched that four-minute YouTube video on her that was a better movie than Evita? Yeah, a better movie than the actual movie itself. Right, in four minutes. on So, yeah, biography the biography channel, whatever YouTube channel. And it's just a four minute biography on, on Evita. Just watch that. And yeah. you'll kind of, you'll kind of get a taste. What I, what I did write down the, the one note I kind of wrote uh, this morning was she might be the ultimate diamond in the rough. As far as just how the heck did this girl start where she did and get where she ended up? Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, a uh, rags to riches, but like helping people too. Yeah. It, it's a it is a crazy story. She's she's basically a born a bastard in complete poverty in Argentina in like rural Argentina and goes from that to overwhelmingly popular first lady of Argentina almost like a princess die figure for right. the Argentinians but with a, obviously a completely different beginning. And just you know just a quick overview we it's relatively simple. So she grows up poor and again a bastard not recognized by her father's family. Then wants to be uh, an actress in like TV and radio and movies and stuff. And so she moves to Buenos Aires to kind of follow that. Is kind of making a go of it. She's doing okay. And she's, you know, getting some radio gigs and stuff. And then when there's an earthquake, a big natural disaster thing, there's a fundraiser. And so as a young actress, she goes to help out with that. But then also a up-and-coming general... Uh, in Argentina is also at that same kind of benefit event. And that's where she meets Juan Perón. And it's like just an instant click. And a year later, they are married. And then his political rise continues. And he's elected president. So she goes from poor nobody to working actress to first lady of Argentina. Right. And is insanely popular and actually really good at what she does. Right, because she has a connection with... That's true, the common people believe her, right. Yeah, and she's she's all about helping them too. And they know, you know, it's yeah a combination of her working so hard to help the poor people in Argentina and also the fact that they, you know, see her rags to riches story as super inspirational. And so, yeah, she was insanely popular. Right, and even from then, so we're, you know, we're talking about interesting, it doesn't stop there because you have two other right. big wrinkles that make her life even more interesting. Well, one is her early death of cancer at like 33 years old right. when uh, she was honestly told, hoping to run to be her husband's vice president, which in Argentina actually was going to be a possibility. Right. But then also, well, we say she's beloved, but again, politics and especially you know life and things aren't that simple and there was definitely some issues with uh peronism seen as being too authoritarian and maybe they were all talk and no substance and so there's kind of then that level uh on top of everything so it's just a fascinating person he was in prison at one point too yeah yeah right they say they were in and out of she like works to help get him out yeah they're in and out of power and again just you know despite her beginnings she was 
remarkably competent and just again i just think that ultimate diamond in the rough i I can't even think of something super similar well honestly well i was gonna say obama just because he did kind of start poor and struggling and then gets to harvard law and becomes president of the united states in an amazingly short timeline but he kind of went a more maybe traditional route because she didn't go from poor upbringings to law and politics right she did went to be an actor so she was an actress is she yeah. is, is she Ronald Reagan? But I don't know. I don't know if, enough about Reagan's childhood, <laughs> though. Was he poor? Was he poor? Uh, I don't know. The more that we talk about how interesting her story is, it just makes me just more butthurt that the movie was so bad. <laughs> no, right. The movie that we covered her in was so bad. I think it, it's it might be. I know for a fact that it happened with this movie. I don't know if it happened with any other movies, but I remember actually saying like don't go watch the movie like it's bad don't even bother oh and yeah. I, don't, I don't know that i don't remember saying that for any other episode that we did i think we would say i you know i think of we mentioned 119 118 of those movies we'd say yeah go go watch them they're worth your time right this is the one is not worth your time <laughs> yeah which is a shame because it's such a good story and it right could have been so much better and uh and again and she was so so popular and it's, it's kind of hard for us to even get our heads around it. Because, I think Princess Di has made the closest modern comparison, but even she's been dead for over 20 years. Yeah, but even to this day, there are people who are like deeply sad and and hurt by the fact that Ava Perone died so young. Even even Okay, today. right, right. So it's it, it, it really is. Uh, I think Princess, Princess Di is a comparable... Right. Someone who's mourned many, many years after their death and died too young and would have gone on to do probably even bigger yeah. and greater things. Yeah, it's, yeah the... The differences in their birth, you know, status at birth is is probably the biggest difference. Other than that, that that's probably the best comp. She she is the Argentina Argentinian Princess Diana. Case against, <laughs> she's going against Gandhi. <laughs> I was gonna say there, there really isn't one except for that she's she's just going against Gandhi. And how are we gonna vote against Gandhi? <laughs> so yeah, I think I think it's uh this is a rubber stamp kind of issue. So. Pour one out with your tombstone buzz to uh, <laughs> uh, Ava Perone. She's she's facing a buzzsaw of a juggernaut in the first round, yeah. and it was kind of a foregone uh, conclusion that Gandhi was going to advance to uh, the next round here. So rest in peace, Ava <laughs> uh, Perone. <laughs> okay, our next matchup pits... Uh, T.E. Lawrence of Lawrence Arabia fame, who helped the Arabs in their uprising against the Turks in the midst of World War One, uh, versus Ip Man, who a very, very foundational member to the history of martial arts in the cultural zeitgeist of the entire 20th century by being a teacher of Bruce Lee and starting these schools and just a lot of things related to that. Uh, so first, the impartial case for and against T.E. Lawrence. And actually, I do want to start with so I guess it's kind of obvious that they already do this on Wikipedia, but I don't think I necessarily noticed it in this way. But basically, every person's Wikipedia page seems to start with, you know, their name was, and it gives you just the one sentence summary. And, uh-huh. you know, you you can do that on the people we've talked about, you know, so far. Sometimes the sentences are a little lengthy. You know, Ava Perón, better known as Evita, was the wife of Argentinian President Juan Perón, dot, dot, dot. But one sentence is like all the case you need for T.E. Lawrence. <laughs> T.E. Lawrence was a British archaeologist, army officer, diplomat, and writer who became renowned for his role in the Arab Revolt and the Sinai-Palestine campaign against the Ottoman Empire during the First World War. I mean, 
just that is like, okay, seriously, tell me more. <laughs> yeah, he's basically James Bond and Indiana Jones and like special forces and uh, while starring in Brokeback Mountain. Right, exactly. <laughs> and he's a diplomat and all all at the same time. He does all those things because he also died young. He died. He was only 46 when he died. Just a motorcycle accident. But uh, what I missed the first time around, I just again, just kind of going through the YouTube stuff to kind of follow up some different angles. And the, the one kind of not newer theory, but a theory that was after his death uh, several years that the motorcycle accident might have actually been suicide by motorcycle accident. That he was basically just like, screw oh, it. I, I don't care if I just go. Just go, you know, crash into a bridge embankment kind of thing. It's just like, yeah, I, I, is there, I could care less. I mean, is there like evidence to support that? So the evidence is uh, letters that he had written late in his life, basically saying that he didn't want to live anymore. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, they weren't specifically suicide notes, but they were definitely showing that his state of mind was not a positive one in right. the weeks and months leading up to his motorcycle accident. Sure. So it's not strong evidence, but it's possible. He didn't really mind if he was going to die in a motorcycle accident. Yeah. Even if it wasn't 100% went out with the intention to kill himself. Well, because I think after after the war, after World War One, he was kind of wayward, I guess. Disillusioned the, in some ways. Yeah. He, he tried to do like a bunch of different stuff and none of it really panned out. And he was kind of in a low spot just because of Using how... Using all these fake names. Yeah. Yeah. And just kind of how... Yeah. Disillusioned, I guess, is probably a better word. How disillusioned he was with the British... After World War One, yeah. So I mean, he, he, the end of his after the war is, is kind of a, is kind of a sad story. Oh no, right? Yeah, his his life is again. That's we talk about the different hats. He might win the different hats game of this whole tournament as far as all the different things he did throughout his life. Well, yeah, especially now that Wyatt Earp is kicked out, he definitely probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, touche. But touché. it's 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 similar though because it you know he. He's like this super bright, like young, you know, he's going to go get her. Yeah. Kinda, at like yeah. age 19 to write this like PhD dissertation and then, you know, doing this archaeology. And then while he's there, starts spying, you know, uses that as a cover to start spying on the Germans for the British and then joins the army during the war. It's. It's such a cool story. Right. And then basically falls in love with the Arabs and advocates for them and is kind of like mad at the British for not being giving, you know, not giving the Arabs a fair shake and the fight against the Ottoman Empire is right. collapsing all during World War 1 and And something that we that we talk about nuance, which this is actually one of the things that's kind of portrayed inaccurately in the movie is you know, uh, like in the movie Lawrence of Arabia, they show that he doesn't know about the Sykes-Pigot agreement. That he oh, is right. like that they kind of went behind his back to divide up uh, the Arab territory. But he he did know about it, but he had to kind of keep it to himself. And basically, even though he loved you know the Arabs and these people that he had been working with for so long, he ultimately decided that well, you know, I am a British military officer, and that's where my loyalty has to lie. So I can't go against my my own country, and so that kind of was really damaging to him too um and but you know it's just something else that makes him even even more interesting right and then again all while we're in 2021 it's you know well into the 21st century it's not a big deal if you know being gay doesn't define you but a hundred right. years ago it would have and the fact that he had to again which it's not 100 it's basically 99 percent that he was you know a closeted homosexual because you had to be closeted back then 
And it does kind of add nuance and interest to his story because it had to be suppressed at the time and hidden at the time. And there was, again, one of the YouTube videos, I don't remember us talking about this last time, that I forget the name, but basically even one of his books was dedicated to S.A. And they think that was this particular Arab guy that he had a strong friendship with over decades um, and that they were, I don't know about probably, but very possibly lovers and he's or his unrequited love but might have been requited but had to be hidden because it was the 19 teens 1920s and just kind of that and that's where i was you know i was kind of you know flippantly mentioning brokeback mountain but there's something to that there that that was kind of this undercurrent that he was dealing with in the midst of everything else we talked about so again it's it's fascinating yeah but without going too much into the homosexual stuff like you know people who think that it's that it's only a a recent thing oh right no like no, it was happening 100 years ago. It was happening 700 years ago. Like, you know, right. yep. Edward II. Like, it's... Right. The only thing that's changed is that they aren't forced into hiding who they are. That's what's right. changed. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, again, just an endlessly fascinating person. And the case against T.E. Lawrence, again, similarly, what we've already talked about with, you know, Ghani and Ava Perone is... I can't really make one. I, I don't even know where you would begin to say that T. Lawrence wasn't that interesting. Like, yeah, I, I don't even I don't even understand what that argument would look like. <laughs> yeah, I will say even with a tombstone mug in my hand. So Wyatt Earp to me was so interesting because of the number of hats and stuff that he wore. But I don't think that Wyatt Earp could have had his life at any other time, which I think we kind of talked about a little bit. Mm. Like he was kind of born at the, at the perfect time to be able to have the life that he did. I think T.E. Lawrence would have been a fascinating person. Regardless. That's regardless a good point. of yeah. when. Whether he's a medieval knight or whether he was a contemporary of us today, he'd right. be doing something crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Even now, if even if he's lesser known, like he might not have reached that level in the pop culture, but Sure. But yeah, he'd be doing something. This was the guy who just kind of had to he just had that urge to kind of be all over. Yeah, and again, I mean, I mean, come on, there's no comparison with him and Wyatt Earp. Wyatt Earp was this more self-interested guy doing lots of different things. T. Lawrence right. was doing much bigger things. Right, it's a bigger scale. I just meant like the, the multiple hats thing. Like, <laughs> No, I, right, right. I think if, if Wyatt Earp's around today, he's, he's probably in jail or something. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or he, no, he started five different internet companies and is, oh, also, right, yeah. and, and is really into CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so T. Lawrence's opponent today is Ip Man. And again, we hate to kind of spoil it that these are kind of foregone conclusion matchups today. But if you've listened to the show, you kind of know how Logan and I feel about Gandhi and T. Lawrence. Yeah. But again, just like we did with Ip Prone, Ip Man is going to get his moment in the sun here and is a fascinating and important figure. I mentioned for the history of martial arts and... What's interesting, too, is and I, I think I maybe just kind of was, you know, formulating exactly how to summarize him in my mind over the last you know day or two in that because he didn't invent this Wang Chun strand of right. Kung Fu, but he popularized it in a way it never was before. So it's basically like this product already existed, but no one would have heard about the product outside of a smaller region of China if it wasn't for Ip Man, not just training Bruce Lee, but also starting these schools and then just popularizing right. it. And basically, even if you take any self-defense, not I have never taken a self-defense class. I mean, you can speak to this as you know being in the Marines and stuff. But a lot of the stuff you would take learning today in a self-defense class has its roots in stuff that Ip Man was, was teaching as far as using people's 
body weight against them. And if someone's leaning that way, you make sure they keep going that way. That's it, man. 101. Yeah. And that's common in a lot of martial arts. Well, fair. It, it, uh, it was definitely a departure from something like um, boxing. You know, bo- I was just I was going to say boxing, um, which anyone who's seen It Man Two knows that uh, Wing Chun beats boxing. But I, I did see that didn't that wasn't real though. In, in the, uh, the but yeah, yeah, it's yeah that that uh, that it was a fictional story. But a lot of the stuff in the It Man movie, the one that we covered, and also the three subsequent movies uh, that they made um, about It Man, a lot of the stuff is like embellished for right, the right. sake of those movies but he did actually have an interesting life like he did actually live in china during the uh japanese invasion he wasn't really kicked out of fujian Fo- right he, he didn't he didn't have to flee to hong kong because of the japanese like they show in the movie but he did actually flee to hong kong but it is also for an interesting reason he was a police officer but was like a police officer under the Nationalist Party, mm. and then had to flee to Hong Kong because the Communist Party was taking over, and you know they weren't very friendly to Nationalist Party police right. officers. So he had to flee to Hong Kong. He was like separated from his wife for a bunch of years, and had a mistress, and had a kid with the mistress. You know, while they were gone, his wife did actually die of cancer, and then yeah, he he was you know one of the great martial arts masters. Taught his son, taught Bruce Lee. Yeah, he was a super, super interesting guy. Maybe not, doesn't have all the exploits at the movie show that he had, but definitely an interesting life. And I was watching a couple of YouTube videos. Two that really stood out were, one, his son working with Donnie Yen, who plays him in the movie. So that was kind of neat, just seeing him and Donnie Yen kind of, not sparring even exactly. Just It's kind of interesting. They, they kind of, I'd be curious to learn more about it. I, and again, uh, just how they... Oh, what do they call it? Where you kind of like have your hands, the backs of your hands against each other, and you're just kind of like rolling around. Basically, it's almost like you're, this style of martial arts to me felt like you're training your body to move like water and find the path of least resistance to your opponent and just kind of feel them out. And whatever they're giving you is then what you take. And I just find kind of found that fascinating. And it also showed like him practicing with that the wooden post that has the yes. other wooden post coming off of it that look kind yep. of like arms and legs. Yep. Where he's just kind of hitting them and then stopping, and he's just basically like getting really strong in those certain positions. Yes. So that then when you see him fight later, it all makes when sense. Someone goes to try and hit him. It's like they're hitting a wooden post. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the other video was an elderly man in 1972, and they said this video was actually just a few weeks before he died. And it's the actual Ip Man as an old man going against that wooden post that we see Donnie Yen do in the movie. And it's really just kind of fascinating just watching this guy move when you know that he is like just this, you know, the Buddha of martial arts. And yeah. he didn't die that long ago, I mean, just in the 1970s. And his legacy is still super strong today. Uh, they also showed, a, uh, I saw like a three minute video and it was a sparring match with Bruce Lee that they were basically saying it's the only recorded or only known recording of an actual Bruce Lee fight. Not like a real life, like on the street fight, but like an actual competition fight as right. opposed to him doing stuff in movies. Yeah. So, you know, both sides are actually trying to win. And it was kind of neat to see in Bruce was just, it's basically just the moment you make a mistake, you are done. 
Yeah. He, he was basically just waiting, 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 waiting. He's not really oh, doing yeah. anything. And then, boom, the other guy's just done because you... Yeah, Bruce Lee was the real deal. He's not... Right, he doesn't right. just movie fight. He was he was an actual, A champion, right. martial artist, yeah. Yep. And It Man is another one who I think, you know, born in the perfect time for what he did. But I think if he's born... Prior to that, yep. he's probably a you know super well known, renowned warrior. And if he's you know today, he's probably you know an Olympic champion or a world champion, you know MMA fighter. Like he's or he is Jackie Chan. I mean, if he's arrived today, he's he's maybe even more right. famous. Or exactly. Yeah. Or or yeah, Jackie Chan or Donnie Yen, someone who you know martial arts and movies. But yeah, I think uh, just the the talent that he had I, it, it, at any time. You put him anywhere on the timeline, I think he's going to be super successful. Right. And unfortunately, the, the, the case against, maybe even a little stronger than the case against uh, Ava Perone, is that he is kind of the one hat thing. He was yeah. he's a martial arts guy. And yes, he was an actual person who had a life outside of martial arts. But as far as right. the interesting things in his life, other than kind of fleeing from the Japanese, or sorry, you said you know, it wasn't exactly like that. But other than the political stuff he had to deal with when he was younger, that everyone in the country was dealing with, not just him. Uh, there wasn't really a lot that we can, you know, point to as evidence like, okay, this guy's got to advance. Right. So, and and also case against, unfortunately, he's going up against T.E. Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, and so, again, this is another one that's just kind of a, a, a rubber stamp and kind of a no, no-brainer for Logan and I, which, though, sets up one of the biggest uh matchups that should could potentially be the overall championship matchup but unfortunately they have to go up against each other in the next round so either gandhi or t lawrence is going to be eliminated in the next round and only one of them gets to make uh the the elite eight yeah and you kind of know each of us has our own favorite in this matchup and i'm already mad about it (laughs) i I don't know how how highly you rank the movie Gandhi on the list of movies that we did. I, I imagine it's somewhere near the top. For me, Lawrence of Arabia is, if not the top, it's in the top two or three. Okay, but the movies are different than the per- people right, as we right, just right. talked I'm about just, with the. I'm just saying, like this is it's it's a uh, it's indicative of the kind of conversation we're gonna have when we revisit that matchup just based on how big of a Gandhi fan you are and how big of a T.E. Lawrence fan I am. It's going to be similar to Elizabeth, QE1, and Wyatt Earp, honestly. And that's what I'm afraid of. I was even thinking about, like, to what extent do we have to... So we are going to do the whole... We will reset our 100 points and kind of use that system again for the next round. And uh, But we'll also be doing everything in the same order. So that's going to be the final matchup. Yeah. Of, of the Sweet 16. <laughs> so we need to bear that in mind. Right. And so let's go ahead and spend a couple minutes talking about now as what's going to happen as we enter into the next round here. So we have now successfully gone from 32 individuals that we discussed in the podcast that thought were right. worth nominating for the tournament. And now it is down to 16. Right. We will now be doing just one matchup per episode going forward for the most part. And we want to do fuller biographies of everyone. And it'll be similar, I guess, in how we decided arbitrarily. But we're going to really, really dig into the lives of everyone who's made it thus far. Yeah. Each round is going to have its own kind of distinct flavor. So this one was a little more superficial, a little more, um, you know, from the hip, just because we had so many matchups to get through. Whereas this next round will be more of full bios of each person. And then as we go through, we're going to 
do some other stuff that we'll uh yes yes we'll talk about when we get to those rounds yeah yeah well we did already have joe on to break that tie so i think they kind of know that he's okay, coming back right. yeah, he's, yeah he's coming back for one of the for yeah from one of the rounds yeah at least one of the rounds let's do a quick overview of what you're gonna see so we will be going Next week, we will see the Vietnamese Trung sisters versus Cleopatra. But then after that, you're going to have Ashoka the Great versus Ramses the Great, Genghis Khan versus Henry VII, Empress Matilda versus Isabella of France, the two queen consorts of England there. That was kind of an interesting matchup. That'll be cool. Uh, Napoleon versus Ivan the Terrible, Cardinal Richelieu versus Queen Elizabeth I, Gandhi versus T.E. Lawrence, and Winston Churchill versus Puyi, the last emperor himself. So we're very, very excited. This has been actually a lot of fun going through these matchups, and I hope everyone is enjoying listening to our discussions of, of this <laughs> tournament as much as we are enjoying it. So, yes. Absolutely. Uh, check back next time where you'll hear our discussion of uh, the Trung Sisters and Cleopatra. Cleopatra.